sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening Melbourne and welcome to the Sports Desk in your Monday evening. It's just after five. Good evening, Jason. Welcome to you. Ah, good evening, Sam. It's a wonderful Monday. It's Monday, you know what that means. It's review day and it's a tense studio. Today was tense going into the weekend. It's tense today. It'll be a tense week for all. Uh, And it's a lot of reviewing to be done today. Yeah, no... A weekend for me for up and downs following uh, different sports and teams and codes. Uh, A lot of ups and downs, but thankfully it finished on an up, um, and we'll get to that later. Uh, But yeah, big weekend. Another weird weekend of uh, footy. Yes, uh, so you could probably play the round the twist theme at this rate because it's been <laughs> that topsy-turvy, even the last few weeks in the world of sport right now. But uh, we'll get straight into the news and uh, hot off the press, you were very, uh, uh, I guess, what's the word, very insistent to get this one uh, into the uh, agenda. Ah, well, yes, okay. Uh, Nick Blakey signed a deal today, a seven-year deal with the Sydney Swans till uh, roughly around 2031, which is a long time. Uh, be nicknamed the Lizard, if you've ever seen the way, way he runs. He's had a, a really good year so far for the Swans. I think one of their standout players. And the comparison, if you've never seen Nick Blakely, Blakey running, um, it it just looks like he should have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good for him and Sydney Swans, but... What do you what what are your opinion on uh, these really long deals like seven years? That is a long time. It is a long time. The and funnily enough, the most famous one lasted ten years, and they have been able to fulfil it. Uh, and it was the Sydney Swans that have been able to fulfil it. It's, uh, it's going to be. You need to wait. I think you need to give it about one or two years for you to make a proper judgment. Because we were raving about this whole Toronto and Hopper deal, seven year deal last year, and we're only seeing the first year of it being mm. implemented and to mix results, admittedly, you know, uh, Richmond aren't performing quite as we thought they would. In fact, today we're going to be breaking, we're at that midpoint in the year, so we'll be doing a bit of a mid-season review and we can laugh at my Richmond prediction later on in the show. But uh, I think you need to give it two years before you make any sort of informed judgment on long-term deals like that. But at least it shows that clubs are looking to invest in in prospect players. Yeah. I mean, they could do something like a rolling contract. So if you hit like a three-year, you know, point and they're happy to check off, it'll just automatically kick into something as big as this. I think that's probably safer because you just don't know with player injuries and and the like. So you could end up having someone that probably doesn't play much for a couple of years and then slowly takes a long time to get them back into the game. So you just don't want that. But uh, it's it's always the possibility. So there are a big risk, but... uh, um, well, he's shown to Sydney that he's a valuable asset for them and they don't want to lose him. Um, moving on to uh, a sad retirement and one of the uh, big stakeholders of the world of the round balls, Latan Ibrahimovic, has announced his immediate retirement from, uh, from football and AC Milan at the end of an emotional night at the San Sirio on Sunday. Uh, Ibrahimovic was out of contract with the Serie A club uh, at the end of the season in Milan uh, had already announced there would be a special ceremony after its match against Hallas Verona uh, to bid farewell to the 41-year-old Swede. Um, and just I'll read through a couple of his stats uh, from his career. So he debuted in 1999 for Malmo. Um, he's played for Malmo, Ajax, Juventus, Inter Milan, Barcelona, AC Milan twice, PSG, Manchester United and LA Galaxy. Uh, well travelled. Yep. 
He's played 988 games and kicked 573 goals. He's won 14 um, league titles, uh, four with PSG, three with Inter, um, two with AC Milan, two with Ajax, two with Juventus, and one with Barcelona. And he's won 18 other trophies. He's also made 122 appearances for Sweden with 62 goals. And, of course, a FIFA Puskas Award, uh, a FIFA Pro World he made the Pro 11 in 2013, and he made the UEFA Team of the Year four times. So, legend of the game. And uh, if anyone knows, <laughs> it's funny. There is apparently, um, I've not seen it, but there is a Zlatan movie that's come out, um, a biopic. Um, but, uh, and I think he play, plays it himself. Or something. He's, He's playing just a himself wild, yes. in a biopic. I'm pretty sure that's a thing, and I think he voiced himself in like a cartoon series. He's well, he fun. is a wild character. <laughs> like he's a wild thing, and he'll make your heart sing. It, yes, he'll it, be definitely someone to be missed in the league. Um, parried, parried, parried. Ugh, I can't speak. Parried did in the Ted Lasso series uh, with one of the characters in that, uh, which everyone, as soon as this guy came on screen, I can't remember the character's name, but it, everyone was like, okay, this is meant to be Ebra. <laughs> <laughs> the career of a legend. And uh, let's go on to a uh, different sport with a living legend, breaking a little bit of a record here. Roland Garros, as we know, is in the midst yep. right now. And Novak Djokovic has moved on to the quarterfinal. And uh, I, while I haven't been following the Roland Garros too um, strictly, and uh, so if Sam's at his monitor, can get the opponent for me. But the interesting little fun uh, thing about this qualification to the qualifying final is that this result has allowed Novak to become the sole record holder for the most Roland Garros quarterfinal appearances of all time with 17, Sam. Yeah, no, that's a lot. That is very much a lot. Storied career. He was tied with Rafa going into this one with 16, and here we are. Um, And... um We'll move on now to the F1. Max Verstappen's grip Verstappen. on the uh, F1 Drivers' Championship has tightened after the Dutchman cruised to victory in Spain. Verstappen's lead in the Drivers' Championship extended to 53 points over teammate Sergio Perez, who finished fourth after starting uh, the race 11th. The Dutchman also claimed one point uh, for the race's fastest lap. Australian Oscar Pistari. Uh, Piastri, sorry, was unable to replicate the pace from qualifying during a difficult day for McLaren. From the opening lap, the young Aussie lost positions and could only manage 13th. One up from pole as well. Max Verstappen proving he's the best in the best in the world right now. Yep, and a couple injury notes here too. Australian fast bowler Josh Hazelwood has been ruled out of the World Test Championship uh, final against India. Scott Boland is set to replace him in the one-off match beginning at the Oval in London. Uh, on Wednesday, Hazelwood played only three games in the recent Indian Premier League after a side injury flared up whilst he also grappled with a left Achilles issue. Um, and in the NRL, Nathan Cleary's hopes of playing for the New South Wales in Game Three, uh, sorry, Game 2 of State of Origin uh, over after he limped off out of Penrith's 26-18 win over since George Illawarra. Cleary pulled up in pain just after 15 minutes at Penrith Stadium. Penrith confirmed on Monday that the prize number seven would miss up to six weeks with the injury ruling him out of origin on June 21 and leaving him in serious doubt to play origin three on July 12. Great. And I think we'll catch up uh, later in the show because I know we're, we are talking footy next, but... Uh, We'll do a quick wrap-up on uh, some of the issues meant to hit the tribunal over the next two nights. Is it is it a Jordan Degoe-specific uh, tribunal I think he's here? one of them. 
uh, or is he the only one? I'm, we'll need to check that. <laughs> we'll be checking on the tribunal show. But there are some things that are a little bit bigger than sport right now. And we'll get Sam on the monitor to read a certain statement read out, uh, uploaded recently by Bar- N- Women's uh, NBL. It's on It's on the monitor over there, Sam. <laughs> Studio admin, everybody. But some things are a bit bigger than sport, and that is uh, WNBL basketball Tiana Mangakai. Uh, Manga Kahia has been sadly diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and she took to her Instagram to uh, release a statement saying uh, in most, uh, I guess in a a bridge version is that her, it's resulted in her immediate retirement from basketball and at this point in her life, it's going to, it is more of a priority to uh, live life to the fullest and uh, that's the scarier part, uh, that's probably the scarier challenge facing her right now with her. Uh, with uh, cancer doesn't scare me. However, uh, not living life to the fullest does. And Sam has got the uh, her Instagram story up and we'll read a bit more from her statement. Yep. Uh, says here, while my basketball journey on court has come to a close... A close, this won't be uh, the last time you'll see me involved with the sport. Even though my journey is uncertain, what I am certain about is my passion for life and bringing greater awareness throughout the community about this nasty disease. I'm looking forward to... Uh, pursuing a career in coaching and giving back to the sport uh, that has given me given so much to me. Wonderful attitude, and we ho- wish he, everyone here at the Sports Desk wishes for her very best in her health in this uh, tremendous battle. It'll be a, it'll be a tough one, but if she can take it with a smile and take it with uh, a good attitude and become such an ambassador for basketball in Australia, she will leave uh, she will leave an incredible legacy and, and a great. Uh, it's tough to think of the word because it's it's just an almighty it's an almighty uh, it's an almighty sadness to see you know people go through diseases such like this. But if you can leave a positive attitude and leave uh, great memories with the sport and leave it in a better place to how you entered it, well then you've got a great legacy with you. Yep. Okay. AFL Round Twelve review next. Uh, we'll also be reviewing the A League Grand Final, FA Cup Final. And of course, game two of the NBA finals. So lots of finals. And this game week. one of the Stanley Cup final oh, as well. How could I forget? <laughs> oh, don't you forget about hockey. That's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on your Monday evening on Sin. Confidence Man on the Sports Desk on your Monday evening. And it's time to review round 12 of the AFL. This is also the point of the show where uh, we need to. A- make acknowledgement to Jerry, who normally joins us on a Monday. It's going to become quite clear why he's not here today. <laughs> oh, it would have been fun to have him in today. But it would uh, have been. Like I said, it's a tense studio today. Is um, Jerry's not here, and then Sam and I are going to be mortal enemies by this time next week. Yeah. Um, mm, Let's break down round we'll 12. see what happens. <laughs> well, of course, it started off on Friday night, and it was going to be another, another interesting test uh, for the Blues, and uh, I went again on Friday night and wish I didn't, but uh, I did. Um, it I didn't was... get to see this game, but I was on the tram coming home from uh, a, a television taping I was doing, and I texted my dad to say, I've just checked the scores. This seems like a very ordinary game, and he texted back uh, to say, very, very ordinary indeed, Sam. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, both sides, uh, particularly, there was... N- Skills were just so bad. These are AFL players and some of the skills. It was just really ordinary. It was like a wet game without it being wet. 
<laughs> and it was at Marvel, wasn't it? No, it was at the G. Uh, MCG. There you go. You can tell I was watching the game. So, yeah, um, not great. Um, and again, just just blues just don't look near it enough um, at all. At least Harry Mackay um, had a decent game, three goals, two. Uh, he kicked one early on and all the players got around him and stuff. So, look, I... I still think he's got some work to do and, of course, there's a lot of been pressure on him and he's come out and said um, how hard it's been on him for the last couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, no, interesting. Um, still... Any demon takeaways? Um, they could be a lot better, but the, they don't look that scrap heap good anyway. So They, st- they sit third. They do. For a team that does sit third, it doesn't look like they should. Which is interesting. Bailey Fritch, though, he had an all right game. Two goals, three behinds he had. Um, Max goal, Max score on one goal, two. Pickett, one goal, one. Yeah, it ended 8 13, 61 to 6 8 44, 17 points. I've had a long time to kind of think about it, but I've just had such a draining weekend with so many other things. I tried to forget about the game as quick as possible. I can assure you he'll be up and about next week. Next game. Next game. You're staring me down. This is getting no, awkward. No, sorry. What did you say? You'll be up and about next week, next game. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything either until at least during the week. Continue. Um, so, yeah, um, if the alarm bells weren't already ringing for the Blues, they are certainly All definitely right, next game. <laughs> okay, next game. Saturday afternoon, it was Port uh, by 55 points. Another clean sweep. He was n- not looking good. Um even though the Hawks had a decent couple of weeks, not um, just this steamrolling Port Adelaide, it was just going to be a, a task too big for them at home. Um, but in a losing game, Luke Bruce kicked five goals three. Including his massive. 500th in his mm. career. What a reliable kick for goal he's been throughout his entire career, yep. Luke Bruce. You, you know when it's in his hands, it's going straight through the middle. Uh, Finlayson for Port, five goals two. Todd Marshall, five goals. Rioli, four um, Houston too. So it's just everyone on the scoreboard. Disposals wise, Whirlpool thirty five, MP thirty three, Connor Rosie twenty nineteen. Uh, sorry, twenty nine. That's that would be a lot, wouldn't it? Two hundred nineteen. Um, Zach Butters twenty six. What a complete package Port are. Mm. They are maybe the most exciting team to watch right now outside outside of Collingwood, just for the simple reason that they have been able to sweep teams. But I will admit, I, I'd probably. I'd probably might be slightly rate them more than Collingwood at the moment. Why? Just from what I've seen the last couple of weeks, uh, like solid team wins, not the falling over the line kind or of Or a win. sense of urgency, I guess. Because I feel like there's a sense of urgency that goes about Port Adelaide when they play. Yeah. But I wouldn't rule too much out about – I wouldn't rule too many negatives. Oh, so I would probably sing – sorry, I should say – the correct wording is sing the positives of Hawthorne. They were 80 points down at one point and they brought it back and they're playing solid footy when they need to. Yeah, no. The, they're getting blown out, but at the same point, to bring that margin back and at least be competitive, that makes you do believe that when they start playing more equal opposition, they can take a few scalps if teams aren't ready for them. Yep, yep. No, they're surprising look okay for this, you know, this certain point where they are at the moment. Um, moving on to Collingwood, who had another two games back to back. They, they, the scheduling of the AFL didn't put these. It was, it was time. very kind to Collingwood in this instance. But third quarter, they played West Coast at home. That third quarter, 
There was good footy being played by West Coast. Yeah. Uh, 63 point win though for the Pies, 8 9 57 to 18 12, 120. Um, Brody Majacek, three goals, two. Nick Dacos, three goals, one. What more can you say? <laughs> yep. But again, I got to say, that there was something I did say, something I did see, wrong word. Oh, there was competitive football being played by West Coast. Dom Os- Sheed. Tom, Dom Sheed, yep. One goal, one and 43 disposals. He was the main disposal getter on the field and he was running all over the shop. Not only that, Oscar Allen continuing to be maybe one of the most underrated forwards in the game right now, just given where he is positioned in the side that he is carrying on his back in terms of scoreboard pressure. They put scoreboard pressure on the pies for a good quarter and a half. Eventually, we all knew they were going to get kicked away, but... You know, call a spade a spade. They played okay footy against the top side of the competition briefly. Yeah, but uh, I don't think that's, I think uh, if, if you said that to a West Coast Eagles fan, they would rip oh, your head 100% off. Oh, hundred percent right. Um, you got to Yeah, you know, I'm trying to talk they've up. Had, they've had a positives. Tough, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Moving on. Marvel Stadium Saturday night, seven twenty-five. Uh, Western Bulldogs and the Cats. It was Geelong by 22, 15, 7, 97 to 10, 15, 75. The Bulldogs looked like the better side for a majority of that game and then Geelong were able to overpower them, really, I think, my takeaway from that one. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just the the, qu- the quality and the, uh, the, the experience, I think, uh, from... From the cats, that I think they're going to have a late surge. I know everyone's really criticised them, and so so have I. With uh, as soon as they get a couple of injuries, they're pretty much dismantled. Um, but there's just the solid, you know, um, autopilot from the cats. Maybe that you could say that once they get that going, uh, and then as good as the bulldogs win, some of the wins they've got the last couple of weeks still don't sit right for me. They just sit this weird. Mid-table kind of hanging. It just you don't know where which direction. That was a, this was a game that does support your point, especially in terms of forward pressure, because Norton wasn't taking any contested marks or being solid in any way, really, apart from maybe one early clash. Rory Lobb's a bit hit or miss in this game. Uh, what else is there? Jamara Hugel Hagen's doing pretty well for himself, but uh, he maybe what maybe wasn't exactly the. Uh, the rising star that he is against Geelong on this particular game. But it, it's weird. They've stacked their midfield, but perhaps they're not as strong on both ends of the of the ground to make it a complete package, you know? Yeah. But they do show, but when they're on, they do show glimpses of their uh, late 2021 run where I would argue they were the best side in the competition at that particular point. Mel- in 2021, Melbourne were best for the first half. Bulldogs were better for the second half. And they show glimpses of it, and I still rate them. Because they're getting some good wins. But Geelong, I think this is a sign they might be on the rise again. Yeah. Tom Hawkins, two goals, two. Jeremy Cameron, two goals, one. Uh, Gary Rowan, two goals. Oogle uh, Hagen, as you mentioned, he had three misses, one goal, three. Mm. So Tom Stewart got a goal too. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Um, Up in Darwin was a contest so too. So that could be a pretty significant game that we look back on, I think, between for those both... Bulldogs both, and Geelong. Yeah. Yep. Uh, both middle of the road at the, at the moment, but, uh, yeah, look, looking forward. Mm. And again, um, after we review this round, we'll do we'll do uh, our mid-season ladder predictions as well from, what, from the half-year data we have now. 
This was a shocking one. Uh, so Gold Coast Suns over the Crows at T.O. Stadium. So playing back-to-back there. Now, I said on Friday that I'd been really impressed by the Suns and I just didn't think it, they had it in them to maybe defeat this Crows that were really looking good as well. But uh, I've, I've just been blown out of the water by them. There's 25-point win for the Suns, 16-16, 112-13, the Crows by 25 points. Um, they were five goals up uh, second quarter, I believe, or going into halftime, the Crows, and then the Suns were able to fight back and get to 20 points up. Then it became a contest again, and then Gold Coast were able to kick away again. I really wonder if this uh, this um, humid heat advantage could be become like a dominant thing for clubs that play north. Of <laughs> well, do we see that with Brisbane frequently? We do. Uh, well, uh, their Gabba, they you know are pretty dominant there. But yeah. uh, but I think playing at Tio in Northern Territory is a, a lot different weather to uh, yeah certainly would Brisbane. be. Um, so. Lukosius with five, by the way, and there's some other yeah, major wow. goal scorers there. But Lukosius, again, I think ever since I got to see my club take on the Suns, you're looking at Lukosius, you go, okay, he looks like he could be damaging if they get that ball to him quickly. And you got you got Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson, Casbolt as well. There, there's talent there. Once it all clicks, I'm telling you, they three, could rise. Three goals, one Ben King. Uh, Noah Anderson, two goals, one, two goals. As you meant for Casbolt, which my brother, who also is a suffering Carlton fan like me, he's, got, he's saying Casbolt will play a final before the rest of Carlton will, which is a painful sting but could be a possible reality. Again, it, they could rise up the ladder, but to say they might make finals... <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the door is open for teams if they really want it. And... Uh, I think that's a big positive win for if Suns. If the Gold Coast can get three or four in a row, I think that's more likely. Um, we move on to Sunday now. And, uh, God, we saved the thrillers for last, didn't we? Uh, the Giants. And no clashes, Sam. You must have been thrilled. No, yes. We could watch a game, finish it, and watch the build-up for the next one. It was beautiful. Why can't we do that more often? Furthermore, to quote Michael Cole <laughs> when Brock Lesnar took on Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, Richmond, the streak is over. Um, Six-point winners. They won a close one. Yep. A thriller at the Giants Stadium, which the turf looked pretty damaging. I know they just had the, the <laughs> Easter show not long ago, but it looked pretty ordinary. 15-14, to 16-14, 110. Richmond by six, as you mentioned, just the last couple of minutes. The, the Richmond had the clutch mentality that they just needed to hold it, um, I think. It was a late goal from, I'm trying to remember. Marlon Pickett P- was Pickett. the one who kicked the winner. Wow. 30 seconds left, scores yep. were level. Yep. It was looking like it could have been a Giants home win, but uh, wasn't to be. Jack Rewalt with five goals, three. Toby Green with three. Um, Briggs with two goals, one. And uh, Clark with two goals, one. Pickett, as you mentioned. Now, is he, how old is he again? Because he's... <sighs> He's not on the. He's on the other side of twenty five. I'm pretty mm. sure. Fact checkers, Facebook and Instagram, Sports Desk Sin. We haven't got that. We'll probably uh, Tim, pull it up. Tim the Taranto, thirty six disposals. Tom Green, I think here, thirty five. So he's become a real staple. So going back to that seven year deal thing, even though I said maybe wait two years to get a better idea, but what are you thinking of Taranto's role at Richmond right now in his first year? Look, I, I mean, obviously it's going to change as the new coach comes in permanently and uh, we'll see where his role's at. But uh, I think uh, 
the last couple of weeks he's shown shown more promise than he did probably early on in the season. There you go. And then the last game of the round, a thriller. Yes. Essendon over North Melbourne by 6 points, 16-9, Um And some would argue that uh, it was North Melbourne's to lose. No, I reckon this was North Melbourne. I said this last week and I made sure to tell Jerry, who's not in here today before the game began, this is the best chance North Melbourne have at getting their third win this year. And they proved it. They certainly proved it. Uh, and it was a bit of an ordinary game to be watching for both, I guess. Well, mostly as an Essendon supporter, it was a very ordinary game to watch until the final quarter for the simple reason that North could be were pressing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Nick Larky. La- yep, Larky, the Super Larky. Super Larky, that's exactly right. Um, uh, D- Davey Zuniak, he was out. Was he on? Coleman Jones started marking a few and lighting the place up. Harry sheasel has been exciting. This was their best chance at winning, and I'm actually... I reckon there's more positives to come out of North Melbourne than Essendon from this game, actually. Yes, I think so. Um, I think a lot of, and I'm not saying you were, but there's some overzealous fans that I was like, all right, okay, calm down, you beat North Melbourne. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, but here's the thing, though. North Melbourne are probably a better side than people think. I genuinely believe that. They're a better side than people think. They can in, In terms of what? Like, where do you think they should be? Where do I think they should be? Well, I, they're developing. They've got some skill. They've got high skill level. They could dart it off from halfback. They've got a reasonably good halfback line. With you know, you got Harry Sheasel. Their defence uh, against the Bombers turned out pretty well. They made some crucial mistakes, I think. They um, also didn't have Simpkin. They also didn't have Greenwood, which is a bit of experience. And you have your captains. So you're to be honest, leaders. okay, in that point, a lot of their midfield gone. Yeah. They did look pretty good without that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, so that is a sign to me that there is depth. Get Larky going. Get Coleman Jones Zerha, sticking a few marks. When he's Zerha four always goals. delivers against the Bombers. He will always deliver the Bombers, <laughs> whether they win, whether they lose by six points, whether they win by six goals, whether they lose by sixty points. Cam Zerha is one of the most reliable uh, ruse players to perform when they need it. Genuinely, if again, it's all a case of develop young talent, have your leaders on there, and you. I reckon the worst of it is over for North. In a, if they can say this, they play the Giants this week, they're my pick. I'm picking North for this week because I genuinely think, okay. I reckon the worst of it's over for them if they can string a couple more wins before the end of the year. I think if they can get to five or six wins, I reckon the worst of it's over. But it's still, it's still going to be a long couple of years. There's, there's no fast track. Sure, it could take three or four years, but I think we've reached, they're no longer going to be the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Well, it, That's my point I'm trying to make. The worst of the horror North Melbourne that we've seen for the last few years will be over if they can at least win this week and get at least two or three more. Buys uh, for the Brisbane Lions, Fremantle Dockers, St Kilda and Sydney Swans. Uh, so they will return into the fold this week and then uh, the Cats and Suns will have a week off, which um, I don't know. Is that something you want as a Suns fan after rolling two games, big games in a row, and then you got the week off? Sometimes it can be a bit not beneficial. Yeah, or you can reset and come back fresher. You never know. Uh, just a final thing, because I'm an Essence supporter, and I'll bring it up. Gee, I'm not liking the Sam Wiedemann acquisition now. He was not presenting at all in the forward line, but I am warming up to one Jai Menzi. Good performance, kid. All right. 
If we go to the ladder now, we'll have Sam pull up the ladder shortly. We can kind of break down where we thought the ladder would be towards the end of the year based on nothing at all. And let's have a little bit of a laugh at my predictions while Sam pulls that up. At the start of the year, I thought Mel at the end of by the end of round twenty four, Melbourne would sit on top of the ladder with Brisbane second, Geelong third, Richmond fourth. Let's all laugh at that and just do this. Because what a prediction that was. What a massive furphy. Sorry. Is this, sorry, you were saying this is your prediction for the end of the year? This was my predictions back on the 13th of March, 2023, before round one. Collingwood fifth, Carlton sixth, Fremantle seventh, Sydney eighth. My, my, if we look at the ladder now, you've got Collingwood first, Port Adelaide second, Melbourne third, Brisbane fourth, and uh, fifth was St Kilda. Kilda. Essendon in sixth, a Bulldog seventh, and Geelong wrap out the top eight. So what do you see going forward, Sam? What do you see? Like, what? Do I need you, the crystal ball for that. Yeah, like if we were to try and get a crystal ball out, because now that you've read that complete furphy that I did in March, I I rejigged up another one, and we can review this later on and see what you think, and uh, get the chicken out if you think there's anything silly. Collingwood, I'm not. I reckon they will continue to remain at the top of the ladder, and they will probably take out the minor premiership. I reckon they are a good chance of beating Geelong and Essendon's 21-1 record. And also, I'm going to go as far as to say, I think at this point, their Premier's in waiting. It is a long season. We've not even scraped over the, the first half of the year. It is a long year in footy. I think, And then you're talking about finals now. I yeah, think that's crazy I think talk. their Premier's in waiting, Collingwood. If any other club... Managed to take out that premier, take out the cup this year. It it's a massive indictment on the run Collingwood have had in the last two years. Well, Br- I, I I think it's silly to be talking about premiers at this stage. Really? Okay, yep. that's fine. We can roll the tape back at the end of the year and laugh at it. That's okay. fine. My predictions also. I think Brisbane will go second. Melbourne will stay third. I think Port will make top four, but I think they'll go four. They might drop a couple. It going forward, I think Melbourne. I'm, 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 Melbourne, I'm unsure about. I think Brisbane should solid up. They've they've come down a bit, but I think they'll come up again. And Port could be pushing for first. Um, they could. Um, I, I think they're guaranteed. They're in a good spot for top four by the end of the year. This, regardless of form for the rest. The, there is a floating. Um, you know, we're looking here. Be honest, I don't think Essendon are up for it. They're going to come down. They're my tip for ninth or tenth. Essendon. St Kilda, I don't know. They look like they could be on the start of a slope that could be coming down. I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this because I've written in my note ninth or tenth. Take your pick, St Kilda or Essendon. So I think we're on the same page. And there. then there's a patch of teams: uh, Bulldogs, Geelong, Adelaide, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Sydney. That could potentially. I uh, wouldn't Sydney, rule uh, them out. I, I I don't know about Sydney. I think. If they get a couple more wins, I think they can chase for eighth, but I don't think they're going to get any higher than that. Other than that, I've got Geelong fifth, Bulldogs sixth, Adelaide seventh. Okay. There you go. That's my mid-season ladder based on uh, the first half of the year, seeing how I think the yeah, ladder now will I end. had, um, looking back at my initial prediction, I had Port Adelaide down as 11th. I had Essendon bottom. <laughs> You did. Wooden spoon. And I didn't rule it out at I the time, but now more, I'm just here. More saltiness than anything. Um, <laughs> oh, just you wait for Sunday, Sam. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'd Collingwood eighth. Yeah. You uh, were Richmond you... seventh. I did. I'd Collingwood fifth. Yeah, not good. Sydney fourth, Geelong higher. But Brisbane, I had first and Melbourne second. So they're in there. Um, yeah, interesting. 
We'll review that later on too. But that is round 12 reviewed. Yes. Get excited. It's getting tense again because round 13, Essendon and Carlton play. So that'll be a fun Monday review mm. show. Join in next week for that. But in the meantime, we've got our NHL review coming up. We've got a round ball review coming up. And we've got some NBA to break down. Sam, yep. what's the FA, song? FA Cup final next. Um, congratulations to uh, Manchester City. And then I've got to... Pat yourself on the back. Look at have you. Have my smile and then turn that upside down when I talk about Melbourne City in the A-League Grand Final because <laughs> that was uh, something else. Cheer the listeners up with the song. Come on. Well, let's, let's spark up. Ballpark music on the sports desk on your Monday evening. Before we get into the round ball game, a special important time at Sin at the moment. It is the Radiothon, Jason. We sparked up on the sports desk and we're sparking up Sin Media. Turn up your radio. It's Sin 90.7's Radiothon. Between May 22nd and June 11th, we are asking you to pay for your sins. What are we doing, Sam? Paying for our sins. Pay for your sins. And keep Sin on the airwaves. Help us hit to $50,000. Go to sin.org.au forward slash donate to donate. It's a wonderful concept. Donate to donate. All donations above $2 are tax deductible and put you in the raffle to win one of three amazing prize packs. Prizes include clothing from Homey Streetwear, vouchers from Vic Market Tattoos, voucher for Heartland Records, oh, music, love that, movie tickets at the Sun Theatre, Issues of Literary Journal Voice Works, a starter pack for the Melbourne Electronic Sound uh, Melbourne Electronic Sound Studio, plus many more prizes, all kindly donated by local NAM Melbourne businesses and organisations. Be sure to donate now because prizes will be st- announced starting tomorrow, Sam. Your Exciting. donation will directly support media training and radio opportunities for young people and amplify the music culture and issues surrounding young people across the country. Sam, prizes tomorrow. Exciting. No, it's an important time, and uh, I think June 11th is when the Radiothon ends, so uh, plenty of time to still donate. Um, but, uh, look, Sin's been a major part of my life. Uh, I'm sure yours as well, Jason. Certainly has. Um, Yesterday, I celebrated seven years since my interview with Andy Lee. That was wow. yesterday, June 4th, 2016. And here I am, seven years later, hosting uh, an incredible flagship program called The Sports Desk with one Sam Menhen at the legend that he is. And I'll be approaching one year working with you on the 17th. Okay. Insane, isn't it? <laughs> this is for the community. I didn't know you had the dates noted there. <laughs> well, I've got, well, because I had the folder because I filmed oh, the shows and yeah. I had to date them. So that's, yes. how, you, that's okay. how you get them. And uh, yeah, and a big thank you to Michael for inviting me onto the sports desk to do that show. And here we are now. Uh, so sin.org.au slash donate. Um, yep. Check that out. All right. Time to talk the round ball game and the FA Cup final. New stinger. Yeah, the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man City won 2 1 against Manchester United uh, in one of the biggest Manchester derbies of all time. It had to be. They had never met ever in an FA Cup final, only ever in a semi final uh, in, back in 2011. Uh, but this was going to be a crucial element and a part of uh, City uh, potentially winning the treble, which is there's one leg of it to go with the Champions League. But uh, this was something that Man United did not want at all uh, because they are the last English team to currently do the treble, which they did in 1999. Uh, so very oh, tense game. 
absolutely filled the top of the Imperial on Burke Street. Uh, I've never seen so many people there. Exciting. How was the atmosphere? Oh, great. So great. Uh, Ilkai Gunda one. Ilkai Gunda one always seems to stand up on the biggest days uh, for the club, which is incredible. Hold on to him, lock him to whatever contract he needs because he always seems to be there when we need him the most, and that's the best person you could have on your team. He scored within 30 seconds, possibly. I'm, I'm not sure it's the exact number, but I only just focused my eyes up on the screen and it was a goal at the back of the net. Um, and then he scored again in the 51st minute. Uh, Bruno Fernandes... Um, Scored a penalty in the 33rd minute, uh, but City managed to hold on tense last 10 minutes, almost going in the back of the net like it looked like a, a pinball machine. There was one bit of play right um, at the top of the goal post and John Stones whacked his head straight into the top of the goal post, which is probably not uh, good for your head. Yeah, uh, maybe but, do a concussion test after yes. that. Uh, but City prevailed 2-1, massive win at Wembley. Um, and, yeah, as I mentioned, the Champions League game will be Sunday morning, 5am. Yeah, and who's going to be awake to watch that take place live? <laughs> Our one and only Sam Menhennett, the legend Manchester well, City fan that he is. Send I think him a, a lot of people get up for that, um, even neutrals, because it's such a, a big game. Yeah. Send him a show bag full of fan gear. <laughs> um, and then... Oh. And then Melbourne City happened. Melbourne City happened and uh, was pretty disappointed. Um, I'd... Shock, pretty much. 6-1 was the scoreline. 6-1. Was it? Okay. Um, and many could argue, okay, maybe not. There was elements of the game that was over, so the flood, you know, the floodgates opened. But uh, I, I, I'm going to say it, I, I feel like the result could have been a lot different if it was where it um, truly should have been at Amy Park, where City did not lose a game a single year. But for some reason, the last two years... City just can't do it on the big day. Um, Jason Cummings um, scored a hat trick. Um, incredible from him. It's exciting. You can't hate the guy. He's likable. Uh, he scored in the 20th minute, 65th and 73rd. Samuel Silvera, 34th minute. Uh, Benny Encolo, 83rd minute. And I think Moreshk in the 90, first minute of the uh, plus 90. Um and then Van Der Veen, uh, for Melbourne City scored it in the 40th minute. So they sc- scored two goals early on pretty quickly. Uh, there was two penalties. Um, one, okay, uh, but the other one probably shouldn't have stand. And it's, uh, well, I get frustrated when Chris Beath is uh, refereeing. He has a track record of not being the great. <laughs> he always seems to get the great games, which is very frustrating. Um, but what can you say? You've got to stand up on the biggest day of the year, and uh, City didn't. So, uh, sad affair. Um, but uh, whoever makes the grand final for the next three years, they've got to put up with playing in uh, Sydney. So, uh, sure, Central Coast had uh, and a great turnout from them. Uh, I mean, they were only an hour down the road, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it's hard not to admire um, Central Coast Mariners and their story and what they've done. Um, it's, um, yeah, they've had a, a, a tough couple of years, but they come back strong and, uh, it's a massive win for the club. And that is the round ball review. Uh, yeah. So Champions League 5am, uh, Sunday morning, Saturday night, 
Um, and then that's pretty much it for the leagues around the world. The ball wrapped slide up. into the DMs of Sam on Twitter, at Sam Menhennet on Twitter, to send him your fan gear. <laughs> Where's this coming from? What is this? I don't know. You just sound really excited for it. You know, getting on into the spirit of Manchester City. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, if you're talking 6-1 is a bad thrashing, wait till you get to the NHL review that we've got coming up. Well, we'll just go straight into it now. You want to go straight to yeah, it? Yeah, let's All right, go to then. It. Well, you head over to our little studio uh, headquarters and hit the thing. Once he finds it, of course. He hit the thing, everybody. He hit the thing. Big thank you to uh, Ben Holt last week for saving us uh, with our review last week because we talked about the uh, Game 6 against Ve- uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus Dallas Stars, and uh, his tip was Dallas. Sadly, it was a 6-0 loss to the Dallas Stars. Vegas Golden Knights make it to the Stanley Cup final and win the Western Conference. Game 1 happened. Over, uh, it was Friday. I watched it on Saturday, I believe. Yes, I watched it on Saturday live or Sunday live. It was over the weekend anyway. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights versus Florida Panthers. What a weird narrative we weave to get here. Florida, once again, defeated. Record-breaking Boston Bruins. I'm not letting that factoid get away from everyone. Mowed through the Maple Leafs and then mowed through the Hurricanes. Vegas Golden Knights mowed through Canada pretty much by... Sweeping the, uh, not really sweeping the Jets four, well, defeating the Jets four one and the Oilers in six, and then uh, taking it to Dallas in Game six, but then thrashing them in the end. Game one of the Stanley Cup final went five two in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. In admittedly a very even game of hockey, there was about three or four spot fi- uh, spot fires that took place in the throughout the game. So a few um, roughing. Penalties being paid and a bit of fighting going on, but we love to see that in the Stanley Cup finals. We don't condone that in the streets, save it for the rink. Um, in the third period, it resulted in a four minute minor penalty, but by that point, the game was uh, pretty much in Vegas' hands. But it was a pretty even game with a short handed goal off uh, by Florida with by uh, uh, Stahl with a wraparound and a beautiful, beautiful looking first goal to get them in the game. Second period was mostly dominated by the Knights. However, they were able to tie it up with uh, Declare scoring from a face-off with about 10 seconds left in the second. The main goals from the Ve- from Vegas to get, to get this win was with Jack Eichel with two assists, Theodore with one, White Cloud with one, and Mark Stone with one. But however, the goal was challenged. We had a coach's challenge on it for high sticking. See, Sam, the rule is when you go for a shot, your stick cannot be above the shoulders or the top of the crossbar. If you go for a shot and you've hit the puck from above that, it's high sticking and it does not count. However, right. because he was leaning into it, there wasn't really inconclusive, a conclusive evidence to suggest that he was high sticking, so the goal was allowed. Uh, but I actually have got on the uh, Sports Desk HQ monitor uh, one of the saves of the playoffs, and that is Aiden Hill saving saving an incredible puck. And I wanted to get Sam's uh, review of this. So if he could play the save for you, what happens is, is that Florida are rushing... The puck down to their goal line, and uh, Aiden Hill, the goaltender, is going too far out of his to to the left, out of position, but just barely, he's able to get his stick on the puck, saving an almost certain goal. And here it is now. We're playing it so Sam can watch it, and he's seen that it happened. What do you think? Um, I need to watch it again because that was well. We've got a replay coming up, but it is insane because <laughs> like he's so far out of position, it's ridiculous. And if he keeps the clip rolling, you'll see some slow mo for it, but uh. We're getting a bit of... This is uh, for the audio listeners, isn't it? He's gone so far out. It's empty net, and he just gets the stick he's on He's out of it. the blue zone. He's completely out of the blue zone, <laughs> but he still manages to get a stick on that. And then 
managed and in the ensuing scuffle. Very impressive. The puck is cleared from the zone. It is insane. It's considered one of the great saves of the playoffs. Aiden Hill is being a machine behind the goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was the team that you were most uh, intrigued by when we named. Yes, we always mentioned this. <laughs> you always mentioned this. And uh, I think if you are going to become kind of a, uh, let's say, uh, a secret Golden Knights supporter, I think you're in good hand. I think you're in a good spot, Sammy. Okay. That's your All NHL right. review. NHL. Game, game two, tomorrow, 10 a.m. NBA Finals next we'll talk about um, and uh, wrap up the, the show, which has been a interesting show this it's Monday morning. a wide morning. variety. I'm very wide happy with variety. today. Uh, that's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on Sin. The Temper Trap on Sin on the Sports Desk, your Monday evening, and it's time to talk the NBA. That's my favourite stinger, don't you know, Sam? Is it? That's my favourite one out of all of them, yeah. Well, there you go. Fun fact of the <laughs> Not day. Not only that, by the way, I showed a slow motion of the Aiden Hill save and Sam was very appreciative of it. Yeah, no, no. Full stretch. Full uh, stretch. Check it out if you haven't seen it. So, with Jerry not here, the NBA review will be led by our one and only legend, Sam Menhennet. So, game two. And it means uh, the Denver Nuggets uh, lead. Um, oh, sorry. The series tied is tied 1-1 now. Um with a upset win by the Heat, 111 to 108. Um, uh, game two, uh, sorry, game three, game three. Uh, will be on Thursday morning at 10.30 uh, in the morning. Uh, and then um, game four, Saturday, 10.30 a.m. But uh, I'll just look at a quick uh, couple of stats here. Um, Aaron Gordon, 12 points on him uh, for the Nuggets. Uh 41 for Nikola Djokic, which are 41. Uh, Four assists, uh, 11 rebounds. Pretty impressive, standing up for the Nuggets um, in a losing game. But the Heat, um, looking on their side of things, um, 21 for Jimmy Butler. But uh, I I don't think that, I think uh, that Djokic, 41. How often do you see that? Uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's just impressive. You can tell that I, <laughs> I don't normally do these NBA raps. We miss you, Jerry. I apologize. Jerry should be back in the studio very soon, so uh, we'll be very excited to hear for him to properly break down the rest of the uh, yes. NBA finals. Um, but uh, it'll be a home game for the Heat on Thursday. Certainly will. Uh, to wrap up the show, any darts news, Sam? I don't watch Dad. <laughs> you ask me this every week. I don't watch it. Well, I thought this is your miscellaneous sport no, earlier in the year. I, no. no darts. All right. No darts. Uh, we committed to the bit, but we got there in the end. Uh, I will not be in the studio on Friday, so this is the only time Sam and I are going to be talking to each other yeah. until Carlton Nesson on Sunday. So I say join back again Monday for the fallout because it will be exciting. And I might send something your way Friday. Who knows? Check out the Sports Desk uh, podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. Also on Omni.fm and syn.org.au. Uh, see you Friday. Bye see you Friday. <laughs>